And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100% and on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big Sean Alright, welcome back to another edition of the Weighing In Podcast with the real punk, the man sitting in front of you with the fantastic looking t-shirt crowd on. Crazy, crowd goes he was crazy. playing golf recently, so he is lazy and has been doing nothing <laughs> that has been actually productive. But this is another edition of our podcast where we get to talk about the 249 of Bellator, the special fight night that they had in Yaz Island with Brian Ortega taking on the Korean zombie. And then we do have the big fight coming up next week. We could also talk about Lomachenko versus Lopez, which is a huge upset. Josh, we are full of fights, full of logic, full of information. And damn it, we're good looking. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Yes. One thing I can say is good thing Dave is not on camera that ruined it for us. That was so good, too. Ah. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, what do you want to let's uh, let's get right into the Bellator that was on uh, Thursday on CBS Sports. That was our first big broadcast on CBS Sports that was here in the states. I thought it was a that was a good show. There was a couple fights. Obviously, we are cursed at Mohegan Sun with nut shots, nut shots special, and it always seems to be the very first fight of the night on the main card. Raymond Daniels, now uh, Sadawad <laughs> and Mandel Malo. <laughs> And I'm thinking to myself, what was the other fight we had to the Matt Mitrione? Matt Mitrione. That was the main event, though. That was the main event, though, correct? Uh, Oh, we've had so much. We've had a lot. The UFC's got the eye poke specials, Mm -hmm. and we've got the nut shots that end fight special. Yeah. But uh, overall, though, there was uh, some things that I'm a little concerned about as far as that fight fight card. The The one thing that I'm the most concerned about was, to me, was Ricky Mendejas. And I just don't. I, I like the kid a lot. I care for the kid. I, I've got I to know, know you him. Do. He's a really good person. Um, great energy. He's trained a lot of time with uh, Frank Yeager, who is also one of my good buddies as well, and an amazing person as well. I like a lot of those guys that come out of that Tom's River, Bricktown, New Jersey area. They're just good people all around. And uh, But Leandro Higo came out and had a really good game plan, talked about what his game plan would be, and was able to implement everything that he said he was going to do. So uh, I thought the alter ego, ego, the alter ego, ego is his name. (laughs) You know, Leandro alter ego, Leandro alter ego. He, him, I feel like he's jumped into that area of Patricio and Patricky where he is now calmed down. He's figuring out how good he is and he has found ways to win fight. He's going to start finding more ways to win fights. He did a great job when he fought Sean Bunch. Time was running out and he's able to catch Sean Bunch and an army and guillotine. Um, but in this fight, he just systematically picked apart Ricky, and Ricky had no answer to get up off of his back to even to to even stop the takedown. You know, and Ricky had a good, Ricky was re- doing really well against Juan Archuleta, who is now the current champ. Had a good fight with him, was able to stop some takedowns, was able to make him work for the takedowns. He, that was not even an option against uh, Higo. So I I look at Ricky Bandejas, and it's exactly what you and I talk about all the time and you especially is confidence. And if you watch Ricky Bandejas fight right now, he has no confidence. Yeah. He, you can see that he is worried about you know, losing, which is only making him hold back. And if you're fighting someone that's not being offensive, it's going to make your, your life easier. And that made Leandro egos 
life easier. And that's how he got into him. That's how he was able to take him down like he did, pick him up. Even, you know, not that Ricky's not trying. You know, when he came out of the Gallagher fight, he had confidence. It was like, I just beat their undefeated guy. Look at what I just did. First yeah. round, side kicked him to the face, all this stuff. He goes in against Juan Archuleta and he had a belief. And so it made him to where he was fighting, trying to fight his fight. He does, He didn't have that in this at all. Bellator needs to, you know, to look to give him people that are uh, not in that t upper echelon. I don't know, but he needs to do something if this is what he wants to do. Yeah, I would hate to let. I would hate to have them start talking about letting him go because he is he is talented. I also think a little bit of it too is he's he's gotten away from. You know, he moved to Florida, training at ATT. I'm not yeah. saying that it that it's because of that. What I'm saying though is that when you change camps, it takes a second to get used to the the way of coaching. It takes a second to get used to the people that you're working with. I don't know. Think he's had that second though, because this wasn't yeah. his first. This was not his first camp there. Yeah, but and and you know, Mike Brown is yeah. in his corner. Mo Lal is in his corner. People don't realize how smart Mo Lal is. Oh yeah, when it comes to fighting, fighting. Yeah, he's like a nerd. Super intelligent. Yeah, and I mean, I love sitting there talking with him, and we go back and forth about stuff, and he understands the fight game and he's and, you know, he's not just the wrestler he is a guy that understands and so you know that ricky is getting good advice mm -hmm. he's getting good coaching but they can't fight for him it doesn't yeah. matter who you have on the outside if you're not pulling the trigger when that freaking cage door closes and you have the chance to go over and punch your opponent in the face and you're not able to pull that trigger it doesn't matter who you have in your corner it doesn't matter who you're training with yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what he needs to do, but like it, it is the confidence thing. You could tell as soon as he got done, uh, as soon as he got submitted, he just stood up and walked back to the corner like, fuck, I can't believe this just happened to me. That it was it was almost like a little bit of an acceptance. And I yep, hate to see the, I, that's exactly what I would say. Yeah, I hate to see when that. He got up, you could see he was okay with accepting it. And you because he went over right away and he he congratulates Leandro's corner, and it was just the body language and what he was displaying was he was relieved it was over. Mm -hmm. And you're never relieved that it's over, especially if you're only relieved that it's over when it goes your way. Yeah. When it doesn't go your way, you're not relieved it's over. You're pissed that it's over. You're yeah. pissed that you didn't perform the way that would have gotten you that win. And I, I don't know. He's got to get past it. It's up here. Mm -hmm. It's not, yeah. it's not in this because he's got the physical tools up yeah. here. He's got to work on it. He just physically looked like he, I mean, Ego was just the the better wrestler, the better grappler. I, w I wouldn't say he was the better striker because there was a couple moments there where uh, Ricky was able to land some good stu stuff, but he just didn't throw it enough. And that's kind of what we saw with the Pettis fight, though, also. When he threw, he landed, he just had to throw and then move out of the way left and right. He has a bad tendency of keeping his chin in the air. He has a bad tendency of moving straight back. All those yep. things are not recipes for success. So you need he needs to... I told him, I, I had sent him a text. I said, you need to go back to the drawing board and not re rewrite your whole style, but you need to work on the real basic stuff to keep you defensive. So you're not worried about getting it clipped or knocked out or, you know, and, and making sure that you don't leave yourself out of position to be so easily taken down. Cause it was easy for ego to oh, take yeah. him down. And once and he got also, him down, there was no way of him getting up. But it's all, it's just fight IQ in the cage. It's positioning. He keeps on getting marched down mm -hmm. and he keeps giving ground and you, he knows he's getting closer to that fence 
but he doesn't do anything to change yeah. it. And it, it's simple things like that. It's like you're not thinking mm -hmm. as a guy that's trying to win the fight. You're yeah. thinking as a guy who is hoping to win the fight, hoping that you catch your opponent. You know, it's it's that he does. I don't think he has right now that belief factor of I am going to make him make a mistake. Mm -hmm. You're going to give me my win. And I don't know. It's sad because I love the kid. He's a good, yeah. good person. He's a you know sweetheart of a guy. He's got you know four four little girls. That, yeah. How any poor guy can end up with four girls. You know, not not that there's anything wrong with that, but man, that's a whole <laughs> lot of estrogen in that house. It's true. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, we have a lot of people that we work with on the production team. They all have girls. Yep. All of them. Like, wow, that was crazy. Um, I mean, the shot heard around the world was the nut shot. Saad Wad got uh, hit, got with by uh, Mandel Nalo to the nuts. Nasty, unfortunate. We are cursed. Bellator is cursed at Mohegan Sun. That's what happens, and it sucks. You know, we've had it with uh, Karatanov and um, and Matt Mitrione. We had it. The last show we had was Raymond Daniels. Uh, he did it to somebody, and then now we have you know um, Sadawad. He, he got knee to the groin. You guys, you have to wear steel cups because this was more of a knee, and you could just you could hear it, but it wasn't. Oh, yeah. It wasn't one of those ones that it seemed like it was that hard. The Raymond Dan ones, it doesn't. A steel cups not saving you. Okay, <laughs> the Raymond Dan, <laughs> and it was two back to back, right yeah. in the right in the net, spitting back kicks right to the fucking pills. Yeah, that's that's not. It doesn't matter. Steel cups not going to help you, man. I mean, I'm sure he felt that up into his taint, all the way up into his stomach, <laughs> into his throat. Uh, but this that one here, there. I feel like this is a this is one of those plastic cup situations where you, I just I've never worn a plastic cup. And had success wearing it where it just felt so uncomfortable. It hits, it pinches, it does all those things. Steel cups, I've never had one problem with them before. And I've continued to say this to fighters. If you guys are young or if you guys are, are fighting with a plastic cup, just go to a steel cup. I know it seems a little weird. And then you have the string that goes up your ass. And you got to tie it all up. And I so get it. So what? But it who cares? It stays in place. Yes, it stays in place. And the tighter, the better, to be honest. Yep. <laughs> Loosen up. You that know? That is a um, bitch, man. But hey, I, that feeling of not being able to continue a fight because you got a knee or kicked in the nuts is just something you don't want to have to go through. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. Uh, I did that to Kid Yamamoto when I fought in uh, Hawaii against him. I kicked him <laughs> right in the nuts. He couldn't continue. But I mean, you could just hear it was like, crack but he was wearing a plastic cup and that's what happens so i mean unfortunate but uh both of them will be back that'll be i mean mandel, mandel nalo was looking really good up until then sadawat had no answer for him for what he was doing but uh, it was a nice clean nut shot though to be honest and as it's unfortunate and we'll see both of them back maybe we'll get a rematch in a week or two or two weeks or three weeks or something. yeah maybe we'll get out of one so. of those cars we've got four or five more weeks now on the road right we got five four weeks in a row yeah. Four weeks and then a week off, and then we go back for the uh, December card. But uh, and then let's talk about uh, Blanco. Blanco versus Cyborg. You know, I, I look at it, Arlene. If if you have watched Arlene's career, Arlene came into MMA as a straight boxer, but she really has learned how to be a very good MMA fighter. Mm -hmm. She's a good fighter. She just got crushed. By someone who, and I said it on the broadcast, she is continue, continuing to improve. Mm -hmm. You can see the difference in Chris. And she did, now you watch her. She's sitting there and she's throwing shots. She's dipping her head, coming up with beautiful counters. It's just a different level of fighter. And you know, Arlene was you know doing everything she could 
to try to, you know, maintain her composure. You know, she hit her with, you know, the, the probably in the first 30 seconds, hit her with a really good shot. You saw Chris right away do what I said she always does, mm-hmm. you know, with a striker. She'll get that clinch on him, grab him, push him to the cage, start hitting them with, you know, knees to the thighs, just bullying them, elbowing inside. She's good at it, you know, and, and when she is fighting her fight, not trying to kill somebody, mm-hmm. just letting the fight come to her when, you know, that person throws and I can get a home, you know, do those things. She's, she's just unstoppable. And she looked fantastic. Her, she looked fast. Her timing was good. You know, you could see the power in her shots. Her grappling was good. She had great positioning. She landed, you know, smart shots coming up underneath the arm at times. Everything in that performance was exemplary. Yeah, she, she I, I, for me, I didn't, I didn't notice as much as you just noticed. I didn't notice that much of a difference in what she does. Um, we had talked about it on the broadcast as well, is that she, when she fights someone that has some sort of stand-up, she generally tries to press them to the fence, closes the distance, try to knee them, elbow them, put them against the fence, and control that, that, uh, that position because she's physically stronger than a lot of people. Yep. Um, I mean, let's just be honest. There's no other girls out there. There's Amanda Nunes and there's her. So the two of them, yep. that's really the only fight to really make. And I mean, I, it doesn't matter which promotion you're in. And and I, whether you're a fan of the UFC or you're a fan, you're a fan of Bellator, if you're a fan of both, okay? The only fight to make at that weight class is those two. There's no other females. That you're going to see Amanda Nunes do uh, to Megan Anderson or is it Megan? Oh, it's going to be the same exact thing that just right happened there. to Blanco. Yeah to that chris cyborg did to them it's sad that we can't do a cross promotion for the two of them to fight again you know which is unfortunate but uh let me the reality is is that one's going to go off in their direction and keep winning there and the other one's going to go off in their direction and keep winning there but i'm interested to see how amanda nunez ends up having to deal with because i think they're gonna after the the megan anderson fight i think they're gonna get rid of that weight class I don't. I mean, oh, there's yeah. really no other fight for them to have. You have Felicia Spencer. It's done. Got, yeah, it's done. I mean, there's no other girls. Done. You no. know, um, I am interested. I know that PFL is having some issues now, um, so I would like to see possibly what uh, Kayla Kayla Harrison. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see Kayla Harrison potentially come to Bellator and fight Chris Cyborg. That's kind of where I would be at. But that would yeah, be at Kayla, 55. I don't know if she can make. Yeah, I was gonna say that means Chris has to go up in weight, and uh, Bellator has to have their. Yeah, featherweight but, champion fight at lightweight because Kayla's not going to make. One. But to be fair though, a lot of people that have fought Chris Cyborg before have had gone have had to go up in weight to fight her. So I'm if, not saying yeah, but that's that's your champion uh-huh. of a weight class going up and fighting someone. Yeah, but there's there's no belt or anything. It's kind of a tough one. Yeah, it is. But it doesn't it's mean I still. And we can still make it a super fight and have fun with it. <laughs> well, I, I, you I, could I, definitely I'm, do that. I'm in fantasy land right now. Let me just let me just live it. Okay, don't try <laughs> let, to let interrupt. Let me just have it. fun. Yeah. Let me have fun. Um, yeah, my extensive background in matchmaking is not, it's it's not very big, but I want to try. Let's just, let's just give it a go. I I think, uh, that other, otherwise, look, I think everyone understands the only fight to make in that weight class is the two of them, Amanda and Chris Cyborg. That's it. You've also got Katie Taylor. Yeah. Katie Taylor. Well, you know, they're talking about that as a boxing match, but you know, I've heard Coker talk about this before where he thought that, you know, it's wrong if you're gonna do something in that crossover range. Why is it always that the MMA person has to go fight the other person's fight? Yeah, you know why is it that they don't come and you know fight the MMA fight? So, you know, I would like to see it both ways, and then I would say, yeah, do it. When it's when it's just going over there, 
you know, let's be honest, you know, James, you know, James Tony came over and he fought Randy Couture. Well, if that was a boxing match, I can guarantee you with one hand tied behind his back, James Tony was going to win that sucker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it, the whole point is if you're going to say this is about, you know, super fights and, you know, this person is a, is a rock star in their sport and well, let's see how they do in this sport. Well, then it should actually go both ways. I'm not too sure that that fight will ever happen. Katie is smaller than Chris, I think by quite a bit. Cause I think she, she fights at a, I'm trying to think if she fights at 135 or 134 or whatever it is, but mm-hmm. uh, she would have to fight Chris at welterweight 147. I mean, she can make it, but it would be interesting. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm, I'm if you're going to do like a boxing cross promotion, it should be, okay, we'll do, I, I don't even know. I mean, realistically, there's whoever goes first. You do the Jerome Banner, Bob Sapp, one round yeah. of kickboxing, <laughs> one round of MMA. So one round of boxing, oh, then you no. put on the MMA and do it that way. That is awesome. I guess, yeah, you could do it that way. But there's a lot of time in between. You know, that's that's okay for heavyweights because they're fucking exhausted anyway. So what does it matter? You know, but with people that get the level of cyborg and other professional boxers and you know, or Amanda Nunes and everyone, they they're in shape, they're ready to go, they can do it. I mean, I don't know. I, I would the only realistically to me, the only fight I want to see is cyborg and Nunes. That's that's it. Amanda Nunes. Oh, that's no it. doubt. There's no doubt. That's all I want to see. Um, what other fights were on that card? You know, the the fight I want to talk about mm-hmm. is uh, Kyle Crutchmer. Yes. Kyle, Kyle Crutchmer against Kemron Lashinov, the Kem killer, Killer Kem. Yep. You know, it was a good fight. But, uh, you know, we, we actually had a discussion with one of the judges afterwards. You know, and uh, I told him, hey, you need to go back and watch that. Go back and watch that third round. Because I, I actually looked at it and I went back and watched the whole thing. And it was, you know, when people are talking about what wins a fight, it's sometimes it's singular moments yeah. that win the round. And although it looks really good when Lashinov has that, you know, Kimbo Slice moment, I kind of said the thing because what made Kimbo Slice famous, what made him who he was with fans was the fight he had, the first one in the backyard that they showed against Big D, and there's the giant satellite dish right there, mm-hmm. and they're fighting, and Kimbo puts his hands down straight in front of him and says, hit me, right? And the guy hits him. I said, hit me. And the guy hits him again. He just walks through it. And it looks great. But you got to figure no matter what, you know, if you do that, you're going to be a highlight no matter what. If you walk through it, you're a highlight because people go, check out this bad mother. Yeah. And if you get knocked out, everyone goes, look at this stupid. (laughs) So very true. I mean. But it was it was a it was a good fight. Kyle won the first round, no doubt about it, easily. I thought the second one was close, but you could give it to Lashinov, who was landing more volume, and, and Kyle kind of stopped some of the things that were making him successful in the yeah. first round. But the third round, you know, you got to go with heavy heavy shots. Always take place over volume. When you're talking about, would you rather get hit by four jabs that just touch you, or one solid right hand that? makes you give that little bit of a wiggle. Which one is the one that's going to probably put you out of the fight or has the best chance? Mm -hmm. Well, if you say, I'd rather have the four jabs, you haven't fought. And everyone's going to say, well, I'd rather get hit by the four jabs, not the big right hand. Yeah. So when you're looking as a judge, 
that's the difference. And Lashinov gave the two best shots of the round away to Kyle Crutchmer, mm-hmm. who he should have won the fight. And there was two shots right before those two big shots. That that's what made him put his hands down. Like you didn't hurt me. Do it again, yep. which means he hurt him. Yep. <laughs> so that's why he yeah. put his hands there. Do it again, and he hit him again. I'm. A, I mean, like with Kyle though. I agree with you. I thought Kyle won the fight. I thought he won the first. I thought he won the third. The, the second was close, but I gave it to Lachinoff. I, I did that on the broadcast. I talked about it. Mm-hmm. And um, when we got into the discussion, I'm like, he, he took, he, he's the one that landed the cleaner, harder shots. And you saw that Lachinoff's legs buckled a little bit there. And uh, both times, you know, the first time it was more like it looked like it was off balance. But the yeah. second time when he hit him with the two piece, he buckled. It was one, two. He buckled first. He caught himself sec. quick. Yeah, he caught himself quick and he tried to get back up after it. But after that, nothing else had happened. The thing is, when we had talked to the judge, well, the judges. And said, the, 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 the last thing that needs to be brought up, you know, there came a point, I don't know the time, but Crutchmer gets those really high, you know, double unders. underhooks. Yeah. Gets the double unders, got them high. And all of the things that happen here, because I break things down this way, Josh, and people have to think. There's punches, okay? This is a one because it's one joint. Mm-hmm. You know, when, you get, when you're getting hit by someone doing this, it's nothing. Mm-hmm. That's not a strike. When you get someone doing just that, again, it's really not much. When it's just bending at the elbow and there's no upper arm behind it. When the upper arm, that's now you're getting into threes and fours and fives as far as the level of the, the actual punch. When you're in that one and two, it is nothing but an annoyance. It is never going to hurt you in the fight. Mm-hmm. It's an annoyance. And if you go back and watch that entire situation, Lashinoff lands a bunch of those little tiny annoying things. Crutchmer lands a knee to the gut when they separate off the fence and then not separate, but they spin off and he turns him. Mm-hmm. And you see the best shot of that entire situation is that single knee that hits him in the abdomen. It's a beautiful shot. It's hard. You got to look. That's yeah. all the little crap doesn't mean anything. That one big blow, which ones would you rather have? Which ones would you say I would rather be hit by? Yeah. You'd rather be hit by the little tiny 10 things that are, you know, going, you know. Very true. It's You got to be smart about this stuff. It's important to people's career because Kretschmer was an undefeated fighter who should still be undefeated. Yep. Yep, and then when we were talking to the judge, the judge said at the very end, he's like, oh, yeah, but he rolled through. for." Or, or, no, he he, uh, hit him with the, he hit him with the takedown. I'm like, what takedown? Yeah. He rolled through a submission, that. and it wasn't even close. And so yeah. I'm not trying to Never pitch Never even it. extended it out. Yeah, I'm not trying to pitch the argument for Kyle, but, I mean, the the – if if I even if I didn't know either one of them, I would still say that no. was not a takedown. That was a roll for a submission that had that was nowhere near getting close to it. So yeah. th- those were those th- overall. I thought it was a good fight though. It was one of the better fights of the night. It was a really good fight. Yeah, that and was there's things the about Lashinoff that I love. Yeah, you know, God, you know, he is a tough sucker, man, and he is he's very economical in all of his motions. He doesn't waste energy. Uh, he's tough as hell. He hits hard. I love where his chin's at, man, mm-hmm. you know, he, until he sticks it up and, you say, yeah. <laughs> and gives you a freebie. But, I mean, uh, but he's a good fighter. I, I, I love watching him again. He's he's fun to watch. Uh, yeah, he, it was fun. I, I had never seen him. I just watched some videos on him. But I didn't, when I had never seen him in person. But when I saw him step on the scales, I'm like, this guy's not going to beat Kyle. <laughs> and then I saw, I started seeing him throw his power, and his, he's pretty fast. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow. 
this guy's really good. And then I saw him, you know, a couple of his submission attempts, you know, Kyle hit the double leg and he went right to the guillotine and Kyle had to roll through. And I was like, oh shit. Yeah. He's sneaky. He's sneaky. Good. You know, yeah. he's one of those guys that just doesn't look like he would be good, but he's good. Uh, great fight. Um, I guess I guess it's a good segue into the into the UFC. But first, let's talk about mybookie.com. If you guys sign up uh, using the promo code Wayne in, okay, they will double whatever you guys your first deposit is. So if they put in a in a thousand, if you put in a thousand, they'll match you a thousand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. If you if you gotta you, put in the first thousand, they, yeah. they'll match it. They'll match the That's thousand. The, uh, the thousand is the limit though. So if you put in a hundred, they'll give you another hundred. If you put in five hundred, they'll give you five hundred. But up to a thousand dollars. So um. They do they do everything. They do books. They they do the uh football, baseball, basketball. They have betting lines for everything, especially in MMA as well. They've got all betting lines, UFC, Bellator. They cover all the best sports. So if you guys can use the promo code Wayne in, they'll match and double your uh your first initial investment. So all right, well, let's move on to the UFC. Let's hear what you got. What you got, buddy? T City, baby. T City. Just T City. Did Frickin' Brian Ortega come off a two-year layoff and looked phenomenal. Yes. God damn, I love that kid. I've known him since the beginning of his career and did all did his fights when he was fighting with nobody in the crowd, basically. And uh I, you know, I, I, I want to say this. I, I always loved his old trainer. James was a great guy, but you know, he went and he 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 changed after the Max Holloway fight, changed some of that up. And ended up with Tiki and Paul down at the uh, Huntington Beach Ultimate Training Center. And you know what? They they did a good job, man. He looked better. His idea of distance and understanding his distance and when to move and how to create situations that made his opponent. And I love Jung. I think the Korean Zombie is just an outstanding fighter. And he's got power. He's tough as hell. He was confused. He was having problems with all the little things that Brian was doing. Every time that he would sit there and wait, because he's looking, he's waiting for something to happen. Brian would would switch it up. He he definitely, when he switched, Brian is not a natural Southpaw fighter. And he probably fought 85% of that fight out of the Southpaw position. And you, you look at that situation, the, what he was doing, just the little touches to the, the knee, you know, putting his hand, grabbing it, the way he would enter on the single and move to a position where he could, you know, spin off and take him down or exit with an elbow or a punch. He had the, he had the Korean zombie guessing. And when you're guessing and you're not sure of what's, you know, happening, you're going to be a step slower. You're going to throw less. All that's going to work against you. And it did in that fight. I, You know, not that, you know, Jung didn't fight really well. He, you know, he fought his heart out, you know, but he was just a step behind the entire fight. Yeah, there wasn't one thing that he was able to have success with. The kicking nope. wasn't there. The punch, like even the he was outside of the reach at all times. Um, T City knew exactly what his range was. Yep. He, had, he like you said, the switching of back and forth really made a difference because, like you said, it kept it kept uh, zombie guessing. He had no idea which way to fight him, and I would that it completely threw me off. I thought for sure zombie would like basically abandon the game plan and just say, you know what, I'm gonna run at you and just start throwing big punches and hope you get into an exchange. Because we know that we know that uh, Ortega he'll, he'll he'll stand and bang. We saw yep. that with the hallway fight. He'll stand and bang. The problem is though is that. I think he learned from not the problem, the 
the positive, the, the positivity or what the positive, <laughs> whatever. There's a word I'm looking for that I'm not getting the, out of this right now. The Sorry, positive guys. side of that the is positive side. There you go. That's the word I was, the positive side of it. He'll have a longer career because of the way he's learned how to fight now. Yes. And, and I'm, I know the other, if you're a casual fan at home, or even if you're just a fan of, of, of MMA at all, you're probably going like, well, I like the other one, the one that stood and banged. Yeah. But I also want to watch him fight for the next 10 years. You can only have so many car crashes. Yeah, that's exactly true. So it's, um, I got to tell you, everything he did, he looked so smooth, so fluid. He just looked phenomenal. And there was not one thing that I could sit back and critique and say like, oh, no, he could have changed this. Oh, no, he could have done that. I mean, the only thing that could have been different is he could have left his hair. That was it. What <laughs> a <laughs> good charity. You look, you look at what he's doing with the hair yeah. and I love it. Yep. That's awesome, man. But I, overall, it, I thought it was I thought it was a, a very one-sided fight. It uh, was. I love the celebration after by zombie slapped him in the face, but in a loving <laughs> in a loving kind of way, gave him like yeah. a smack, you know, gave Ortega a smack on the face. But I thought it was it was good. It was good to see good sportsmanship because there was a lot of beef going on before that there fight was happened. So. The Twitter yeah, beef, the, the Twitter, or the Twitter beef. Not going only the on. Twitter beef. You remember what happened in the in the audience at the UFC with oh, that's right. Ortega and the little and the little Korean rapper. I don't I know what his name is. Forgot about that. Oh yeah, there was all kinds of stuff. So, man, there was a lot going on with that, and uh, there was a lot of heat. And you know, Zombie wanted to hurt him, and yeah. he was. That was you looking at. You know you can have that heat, but you still have to go in and fight, intelligent fight, be yeah. under control. You know, and the, and he, I, one of the things the zombie I guess came out and said afterwards was that he doesn't remember the third, fourth, and fifth round. Hmm. Totally, totally understand that. You know that spinning. It wasn't only the spinning oval. If you remember the shot that he got placed on his butt, there was a left with an overhand, and he got dropped mm -hmm. on his butt, and he got up. You know that. That rattled him. And then that spinning elbow, if the spinning elbow had landed about that much more towards the elbow because it caught him more on the back of the tricep and, you know, hit him square, you know, with Blossy, put him on a, it's normal that a fighter doesn't remember. He's just on autopilot. He's fighting. He's, he's doing all those things. Not remembering is, is something that happens all the time, but you know, he's, a, he's just an incredibly tough guy. But what we saw out of Brian Ortega tells you he's a better fighter today than he was two years ago when he took on Max Holloway. He's a more intelligent fighter based, just like you're saying, in and out, controlling the distance. Even in the fifth round when Zombie was really coming after him, he was the matador, man. He just stayed with his good angles, moved out when he'd get close to the cage. And the one thing he's got going for him is, you know, in his back pocket, go ahead and take him down. You know, no one wants to. Yeah. No one wants to take him down. And he is slick on the ground. Yeah. So, you know, he's got that, you know, sitting in his back pocket, you know, go ahead. So, you know, someone like Volkanovsky, the champ, that's going to be in the next fight. Volkanovsky uses that takedown to set up some of his stand-up. And that's the smart fighter. Mm -hmm. It's a, the right thing to do. Is he going to change his game plan and the way he goes about fighting his style based upon what Brian can do on the ground? I hope he doesn't. He shouldn't. You, you got to believe in yourself that you can uh, you can survive when you take him down. You just got to be smart about how what you do and when you take him down. But that's going to be a great fight. It's a, I was I was really glad to see that they had said came out and said 
whoever wins this, you know, that's going to be the next title fight for Volkanovski. Yeah, Volkanovski came out and said, "I'm just glad that there's a number one contender now." Because before he just yeah, with, without the name Holloway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, that'll be fine. I mean, Max will be back. That's the thing. Max oh, will fight. No yeah, Max will fight somebody, get a win, and he'll come back. I mean, he's tough as fucking nails. That guy. Um. I guess for me, the performance of the night, though, after watching all of those fights, the performance of the night outside of T-City was um, Saeed, Saeed Nurmagomedov. Mr. Oh, oh man. See, we, talk, we talked we about did that. We talk about said, that. And I said, man, you know what? Striegel's really good on the ground, but I just cannot go against Nurmagomedov. Uh, yeah. I don't and know if that's really what you said. Oh, because oh. we were talking. Yeah, we were talking about you can yeah. bet on it because Striegel was a big underdog. Yeah, that was the big, was like, that one you yeah. were supposed to bet on. Wasn't that one of the ones you were supposed to bet I on? I bet on that one. Are you crazy, oh, man? man? I bet good ones. We're gonna have to go back. I bet Brian at, Ortega. We're gonna have to go back and and take a look at the tape. There, Dave. Go ahead, Dave. We're gonna call him out. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just I couldn't vote against uh, someone with the last name of Nurmagomedov and expected to be a, a different outcome. But uh, I thought I thought he looked he looked nasty good. Now. Well, I mean, it was it was just, whew, touch touch boom. I, I mean, the ref I felt was a little late in getting in there. He took a little bit. Well, they, if if I don't know if you noticed, mm. but I think they had a little bit of a problem there on Fight Island with the official. Oh, because uh, Lukash was the guy who was doing a lot of those fights because I I think uh, someone got sick. Oh. So they didn't have all their people there. That sucks. Man. I did notice yeah. that the one ref was refing quite a few of them. Yep. So. Um, what other fights were on that that were good for you? They, ch- ch- God, I don't want to butcher her Jessica name. Andrade. Jessica Andrade. Damn, she looked Kagan. good. You know, we had talked about that. And I said, man, you know, Kagan, you know, she's tall. So, and you said, oh, no, Jessica Andrade, she's like a rock. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she, uh, she, dude, that is, it's very seldom that you see a fighter throw a right body shot mm-hmm. to the liver. A right-handed body shot because she had turned yep. that right shot. And, and a lot of people I, were criticizing Chikagi and I saw about turning. It's like, you know, hey, when you get hit with a body shot and it hits your liver, sometimes you cannot control what your body starts to do. Yeah, it's a natural you know, automatic. Yeah, your body starts to shut down and, you, and you're trying, your mind, you're trying to say, you know, stand up, don't turn. Your body just naturally does it. It's like, you know, it's like a protection thing. I don't know. But she, uh, you know, and then she went right back to the body, which shows what we talk about. Fight IQ. Yep. Went right back to that same spot, puts her down. That was a brilliant performance by Jessica, especially that last 10 seconds. Or it wasn't even 10 seconds, but just that sequence the body shot first that sets it up, hurts her, puts her back, and then goes right back to it instead of trying to knock her block off. Really smart, really, really a, a great just section of fighting that tells you that she is a smart fighter. She knows what she's doing. I follow Angela Hill, and she she had put out a tweet. She's like, Jessica Andrade's got that. I'll steal your man look. Because <laughs> she'll fucking beat you up. Or and, I'll and, steal your lady look. Yeah. St- I'm sorry. I'll steal your lady. I'll steal your girl kind of look. But yeah, I was thinking too. to myself, because, you know, most, I would imagine like the smaller guys wouldn't be able to beat her up. <laughs> guys like Podcast Dave. Be Physically strong. <laughs> oh, you better hide your wife. <laughs> no, but, uh, and she's, and she's good looking. That's the thing. I'm like, but she fights like at a, 
at a pace in that bully style. And I just didn't know how Chikagin would deal with the pressure. She was doing okay with it until she got hit to the body. And then it was all out the Dude, door. She's a Mike Tyson. Yeah. She's a Mike Tyson of the female flyweights or strawweights yeah. or wherever you want to put her. Cause I guess that's her third win when you're talking about three different weight classes in the UFC. She's, she's fought at Bantamweight and won, fought at strawweight, was the champion. And then now fought at flyweight. Really impressive. She's good. I, I just, I'm a fan. I just, I enjoy uh, watching her fight. She has like that bully mentality. Let me just get after it, get in your grill. Let me see what you got. And I love the fact that I, I'd love to see women that are like that with big slams, big lifts, big, you know, all those things. I'm like, this is fucking awesome, you know? And uh, it's, I guess it's kind of like when you, when you watch basketball, right? And, and you see them drive and you see them drive the lane and they do a layup and you're like all right well it'd been a cool if the, you know if you would dunk but they're you know like the, not all the girls are that as tall as the guys you know and so when you're watching that sport it's like and then you get you got Brittany Grimer and some of the other girls that were able to start dunking you're like yeah okay okay because it's it's nice to see and now it's the same thing with the girls and you've been fighting I want to see them lift and slam and do all those oh, things yeah. she's that girl she's the one that's she like is. I'm gonna put you over my head and drop you right on your head and you know yep. that's how she won the title and I love seeing it she did it against Chikagin and it was I thought it was a good fight it was a short fight but a good fight I thought she had a great performance it took her a second to get past the uh the kicks the push kicks the the long reach the jab all those things she figured it out though and uh I like that she went to the body smart fight IQ like you had just said and it makes a big difference when you're fighting somebody um that has a fight IQ you have to be very prepared for every little thing you know um and she she was she was ready for it all she was awesome what was great, great what it, what does that loss do to with Chukagian though it's a tough one yeah I don't know I mean like it's, it sets her back yeah it does it does but I mean like I I haven't seen a whole lot of other girls though that are up there that can they're gonna they get past Jessica Andrade either so I think Chukagian yeah. will be right back to where she was she's gonna have to. And realistically, I I don't even say if there's anything she needs to do. She, I thought she was looking pretty good up until then. She wasn't winning the fight, but she was looking pretty good no, up she until was, then. Yeah, I agree. But little tweak here and there. Don't go back to the drawing board and do what we were talking about with Ricky Benejas, where you got to like re kind of reinvent yourself a little bit. That's not what you need to do. You just need to keep doing what you're doing. But just understand, you ran into someone that that hit you with a good shot, and that changed the tide of the whole fight. That's really that what it came happen. down to. That's all. One of the fights when you're looking at it, Jimmy Crute. How about that knockout? Jeez, oh. Jeez. Let me ask you a question, though, before we get into the fight. Yeah. Was he being a dick and sitting next to him, putting his arm around him? Or was he being no, a nice guy? I look like I he, was he was being a nice guy. He's trying to be, you know, hey, man. Okay. You know what? Appreciate you fighting. You know, you're going to be okay. You know, you got those moments. And Jimmy Crute, he's a young guy. But, man, he's, he has really been exceptional. You know, the last couple of fights, and you know, and he's getting it together. And I think he called out um, Krylov, which I was kind of surprised about because hmm. Krylov's good. He's got really good stand up, and that's going to be a tough fight. I like the fact that he looks and says, you know what, that's the guy I want to fight. So if he gets that fight, it'll be interesting. That pisses when people don't know exactly who they want to fight next. That pisses Chael off to no end. Chael Sonnen, he's <laughs> well, like, "That's because you're up there, man. Job. You just want to fight. Call out who you want next. Like, hey, I want you, this guy." You know what really pisses Chael off though? Uh, when, when the they American think, gangster looks like that. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh yeah, <laughs> baby! Look at oh, that! Oh man. man! Here, let me get that. Oh, it, it, that. You that know who right that is? There? 
That is not a gangster. That is There's Chael no on the back of the bike, like and he's hugging. <laughs> he's hunting. He's hugging a uh, Hans. Hugging Hans Mullenkamp. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. That's, that's so just funny. a shout out to my boy Chael. That's mean. That's mean. Oh, but then again, mean, but then I know what you did to me last week. So you know what? <laughs> uh, it's gonna be Chael. It's Josh on, and Chael man. versus Big John now, buddy. You gotta have it, man. You gotta that's have. So funny. Gotta have those moments. Good shirt though. Nice shirt. Nice shirt. Don't worry. I'm gonna get you, bud. I'm gonna get. It's you. All right, bud. That's what. That's the whole point, man. That's um, the whole point. Yeah, I was. Uh, okay, so we were talking about crew. Crew. Then you had Thomas Almeida against Martinez. Mm-hmm. Crew looked good. I let me go back to Crew because I didn't get a chance yeah. to talk. He looked phenomenal. He looked uh, composed. He, the thing with him is he could take a shot and give the shot back. I feel like he just has. You have guys like his opponent, right? Would move around and stick and move, boom, 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 and move around. It was afraid to get hit. Whereas Crew, he would like roll with the punch and then come right back and throw something back that was very nice. You know, and even when it didn't land, it still knocked his opponent off balance. You know, it knocked him left and right. It was like you never really could get set to throw anything real hard because he didn't want to get countered and get knocked out. Like, that's exactly what happened. So, but it was, I thought overall, it was a very good performance by Crew. Oh, he looked fantastic, man. He's got power. He's getting better, man. Like I said, you know, the, the, the call out was, I like it because he's not, he's not calling out someone that's an easy fight. Man. Yeah. That's a tough fight. And it's someone that can stand with him and bang with him. So it'll be interesting to see that fight if it comes together. And then uh, Almeida against uh, Martinez. Martinez just too sharp. You know, Almeida, I, I really like Thomas Almeida. I thought he was a good fighter. Ever since, and I did the fight, he had that fight with Garbrandt. That knockout, he's just been a little bit different. Just a little bit different. And, and it's those little differences that are the difference between winning and losing. Yeah. And, uh, he he was such a confident fighter before, and he would you know he, he would throw combos and sometimes throw three four punch combinations with kicks at the end, and you went God damn that's nice, you know and and don't know exactly if it is what occurred with Cody Garbrandt you know several years ago and and that knockout it's changed him, but just doesn't pull the trigger the same way. Yeah. Not quite the same fighter. And, you know, Martinez, it was at, you know, I, the, the fight was 30-27. The rounds weren't, you know, there was, two of them were fairly close, but it was clear that Martinez won them. But, yeah. I don't know. I, I had Martinez winning pretty easily. I mean, I'm not saying that, but he, he wasn't because Almeida wasn't landing really hard and clean. I mean, yeah. there was a couple one shot here, one shot there, but look nothing. at you now with the hard and clean. You got yeah. it now. See? <laughs> oh yeah. I like nothing. That. Nothing was hard and nothing was hard and clean when he was landing his shots. There was like one or two around. That was it. You know, and it was kind of almost like he was on the way out throwing it and he was able to land it. It wasn't on his way in, stepping into it and getting some big power behind it. Um he had a couple of good jabs that landed, but um And that is exactly what you're saying is what I see from that. It's like he's afraid of taking that shot again mm -hmm. that's going to put him out. So I'm trying to hit, but I'm trying to not get hit. Yeah. You know, when, when you go in and you're going to throw a shot, you don't try to dive out backwards. I move my head off that center line, be it left or right or what. I know what I'm going to do when I'm coming with my shot and where I'm going to bring my head so it's not in that static position. Yeah, That's how you keep from getting hit. You know, it's not by pulling your head. And usually when you're pulling your head, especially when you're when you're throwing a punch it's always going to work against you in the end yeah hmm i mean uh 
I thought uh, I keep wanting to call him Ramirez Martinez. Martinez. I thought, I thought Martinez looked phenomenal. Young, young kid coming up. I mean, like he really kind of just set the standard of who he is now. You know, so just just remember when you fight guys like Almeida who have a little bit of a name. Now all of a sudden, now you've catapulted yourself into that area of like, hey, I'm I'm the young guy coming up and ready to fight. So he should be ready for some, a big step up in competition from here on out. You know, yeah. so that's why when I tell young talent, I'm like, there's no rush. Slow your row. Take all the easy fights you can get because once you get to the top, they ain't easy no more. None yeah. of them. None of them. So you got to enjoy the moments when you can just get these easy ones out of the way. There's no reason to to to, um, to fast play it. Just let it go. Just go flow. Go with the flow. Uh, what other fights you got there, Dave, for us? Um, yeah, because our 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 uh, TV's not or is down today, so that's why I'm talking to Dave so much. I try not to include him. Normally, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, did you do cover Jimmy Crit and uh, Yep, Modest? yes, yes, we did. Good thing you were paying attention. Yeah, still did. Um, <laughs> I think the rest of it's all prelims. Okay. Yep. What you wanting? I talked about Sa- uh, Saeed. Saeed Nurmagomedov against yep. Mark Striegel. Mm-hmm. I talked about that fight. Um, that might be it. Good. Well, let's get in. Let's, let's get in. Let's get into talking about our betting. Okay. Okay. Because I know I won. I know I won. Because you put all your money on one fight and the guy lost. Isn't that right? Or no? <laughs> Well, you're making stories up. Man. All right, well, let's go. Look, for mybookie.com, you guys go to mybookie.com, use the promo code Wayne in when you guys sign up. They'll match your uh, up to $1,000. So if you put $1,000 in, they'll give you another $1,000 to match to spend. Uh, anywhere, and you can do small bets, big bets, all the way up to $1,000 um, on, uh, on, on your deposit. So there's that. And then they also cover all the other sports. You know, they do MMA, but as well as they do football, baseball, basketball, they cover all the other sports as well. So also you can also bet on John and I. So John and I actually had placed some bets. And How many did you place? I placed quite a bit, man. I play, I went on to do some more too after. <laughs> but I, I started off with five hundred dollars in my account. I'm a, I'm yeah. I have four hundred, so I actually only lost a hundred bucks. And everything oh. I did, everything I did was uh, I did one fifty dollar bet on. Who did I bet on? I bet I actually bet a hundred bucks on uh, Nurmagomedov. So that's okay. I, think, I think that's what kind of kept that was me. That's a good one. Yeah, I bet a hundred bucks on that. But then I also bet I bet on Blanco just because the odds, the odds were so good. So Blanco, I was I put a hundred bucks on her. It was what I I, I bet a hundred bucks, and I would have won. I would have won eight hundred. But you never know. You never. <laughs> it was like seven. I would have won like seven eighty. Come on, man. You have to <laughs> you have to take bets like that. You have to like it's all right. Yeah, let's, a gust in the wind, that kind of thing. Um. But I, I think I think I won. I think I won this whole thing. I bet more. I think than you. We've we've got to yeah, we've we've got to organize this a little bit better. I think because no, it's, it's it's real simple. It goes off like basically what you bet, and there's a percentage there. Yeah, well, I bet it, three bets. Okay, I won two of them. I won Brian Ortega was the big one at the end. So That's such yeah, a, baby. Such I went with T City. Such an easy bet. I believe no, such an easy <laughs> bet, man. <laughs> Look at you, man. Such an easy bet. You take all the, uh, you take all the favorites. Well, I get it. Well, this, he wasn't a favorite. Yeah, he whatever. was the underdog. He was That's a favorite. That's the whole point. You knew he when was a favorite. When you have somebody that you know has the ability to yeah. win that fight, and they are an underdog and a pretty good underdog. That's the kind that you look and you say, man, you got you got to go with that one. Yeah. So who else did you bet on? Um, James Krause against uh and, and i wanted james to win uh but 
he was a big, he really turned into someone bet big on James because I I'd, I'd looked at it before and I was going to bet with James because he was only a slight favorite. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden he turned into this big favorite. I'm like, yeah, you know who he's, Silva is good, actually. He's tough. You know, he's a, he's kind of a zombie that keeps coming forward. Oh, he's got yes. a really good submission game. So I was like, well, if you're going to say, you know, odds wise now, you know, it was like, I, I want to say he was uh, plus 180 or something like that. So. I, thought, I put hundred on that, and I, and I lost it. I thought that was a, I thought that was a good fight. I mean, even though it was I, a good fight, Silva was never in. Like he was never control. I feel he was I never winning. He was never winning. But he was in the fight. He was in the fight, and yeah. he was one of those guys that. And people, were, people were gonna look at him, that fight and go, "Gosh, why didn't Kraus knock him out? This guy's horrible." This and no, I'm no, like, no, 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 it's no. hard to hit guys that are come from all angles. You don't know where you're gonna get. You're, you're and gonna are get unorthodox. hit. Orthodox. That's the hard. Those Just, are the hardest guys to fight. You know, you, know, you, you one of the things about when you're watching, so if, if people go back and watch that fight, because you get, you know, many times the UFC will give you information like the reach of the fighters. Mm-hmm. And I think that James Krause actually has a longer reach, mm-hmm. but you the way that Silva would throw his looping shots and extend his body, he's covering a lot of ground. Yep. And that's sometimes, you know, because you think I'm safe where I'm at and all of a sudden you're getting hit. And that happened to James a couple of times. Oh, yeah. It was like, oh, I'm good where I'm at. Also, damn, that touched me. You know, he Silva throws things in an odd fashion that he covers a lot of distance with you know, those shots. It's just that, you know, first off, I think he got tired. He got tired trying to take James down. Yeah. You know, and uh, that made a, a a big difference in the way he was throwing some of the shots. But yeah, huge. So, diff- I think a huge difference there. But then Cross was not able to move anymore because of his knee. Yeah, that, that no inside doubt leg kick. He said, you could see a couple times when they did some replays that his knee kind of buckled oh, on him a little buckled. bit. Oh, yeah, he almost went down. Instability several there. Times. So, I want to say this about James. James is a good fighter. Uh-huh. He really is. He's slick and he's gotten so much better. His wrestling defense is now really good. His ground game is really good. He's a great all around fighter and he's an even better coach. Mm. He's such a good coach. I, you know, you listen to him with his fighters. And what he brings to the people that he works with, he's fantastic. You know, I, I was very happy that he won the fight, though. It was good. Yeah, it was good. So. Uh, overall betting, though, I mean, I think I bet on who do I? I want to say I, okay, so I bet on. It don't matter. I know, but I I think I won. <laughs> how how much, did you win? How much money? Do you I, have? I have seven hundred and sixty dollars. Oh, jeez! Did you really? Yeah. Was that the what other fights did you bet? What other yeah, fights? Don't did worry you bet on? about it, baby. It's all good. Oh, look, look at the look at the geez. total up there. 760 that means no you did not win we're gonna of course go you didn't win we're gonna go round come on two. We're gonna who, go round. who knows this sport? we're gonna go round let's two be this honest week. <laughs> <laughs> you took all the favorites i get it i know oh, man look at you <laughs> I, I went out on a limb and bet you know that's what it's called betting i'm taking my chances not just like going out there and betting all the favorites this guy um all right well we've got some big shows coming up man this is the oh do we have huge, a big show coming huge up. come on I have never, I have never been so against seeing Mike Chandler fight. How's that? Nah. And I know that's. <laughs> uh, I, I love Mike. He's a great fighter, but God, please let this fight come about. And, you know, and, I, and that, I'm not saying that in any bad ways towards Chandler. I love him, but Gaethje and Nurmagomedov put him in bubble wrap right now. Just um, let him make weight. Let no problems happen. I want to see this. 
it just couldn't be such a stark difference of styles. Like Chandler is nothing like Gaethje. Chandler is nothing like Khabib. He's a little mm -hmm. mix between the two of them. Yeah. He's got good power in his hands. Got a little bit of speed. And he's got some. Oh, good he's got game. a lot of speed. You got to be on. Yeah. He's, he's got fast. Some, and he's got some good wrestling. You know, but yep. it's, I feel like his wrestling is not Khabib's level. But his punching is not. It's faster than Gaethje's. But the way that he strings it all together, Gaethje does that better. So the two of that, it's like a little bit of mixture of both. So for if someone, if one of those guys does fall off, there are. I think Gaethje have, takes damage better. Oh yeah. Not that not not that Mike doesn't you know doesn't fight through it, but he's got that you know he cuts easier, mm -hmm. he marks up easier, um, you know he fights all the way through it. But Gaethje, Gaethje doesn't for the you know every now and then he'll get the uh, he'll get his chicken legs because he gets rocked by a yeah. shot, but he really does play off when he gets hurt a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Just plays it off. He doesn't doesn't really mark up that much he mm. doesn't you know show the effects of a lot of some of the shots that he takes so this is true it's uh it's one of those like i thought and i and i'll give credit to uh the guys who put together the things for the ufc i i saw the promo um, promo the promo between yeah Khabib and uh, Justin, they did a really good job with it because you know they called you know Justin the berserker mm -hmm. and you know Khabib the you know the indomitable force oh. that you know is you know, unbeaten uh dominated everyone and he, and he has i hear all this stuff all the time josh about oh you know ally quinto you know had took him to five rounds i'm like did you guys watch that fight did you really yeah. watch it you know nothing against al but you know al, al was beat up bad in that yeah. fight now i know rogan came out and was saying how bad khabib's stand-up was at certain times and stuff you got to figure Khabib had two different opponents that he was supposed to fight before three. he ended up with the third yeah. in Iaquinta. Yeah. That's not what, you know, someone usually will take a fight over. Yeah. You Especially know? a title so, fight. Oh, yeah. They want I mean, the title and they want to get there and do it. But the thing is, they also don't want to lose their opportunity fighting somebody they had never prepared for. And I know the other person had never prepared for Khabib either. But that other person wasn't the number one contender. It wasn't that other person waiting. has nothing to lose. Yeah, he has nothing to lose. It's like they weren't supposed to be there anyways. You know, when you fought your whole your whole life to get to that one position and realize you've been the number one contender for a while and you finally get the opportunity and you're fighting a guy you didn't train one second for in camp. Yep. And realizing that that person really has not one fucking thing to lose. The, it's all on you. It's all on you to, to get the win. It's the, the pressure's on you. And if you don't get it, it's like, ah, we knew he wasn't that good. Look, he lost to this guy. He's only ranked number six <laughs> or number nine or whatever it was. You know, and so at the time, it's just, it's a shitty situation to be in. But he was able to come through and he got the win over uh, Ally Quinta. I mean, and then people talk about how shitty Khabib's stand-up is. Yeah, but his shitty stand-up works. It's extremely it's not effective. Shitty. It's not. It's, it's not, not shitty. shitty at all. I wish I could. I wish okay. I could explain better to people no, on how it's, it's not pretty good. It's not. You know, technically pretty. You know, it's not. It's in Barbosa style of goddamn. Look at how sharp he is in the stand up there. Mm -hmm. Look at how smooth he does these things. He's a different kind of athlete than that, but his stand up is effective, and that's all that matters. Yeah. You know, I don't care how pretty you are. It's how effective are you. If you are a pretty fighter and you're getting the shit beat out of you, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Because the effectiveness of what the guy is beating you with is what counts. And Khabib at times 
is super effective with his stand-up. And, and, and he doesn't rely on his stand-up. His stand-up is there for one thing. That's to get him close enough to grab a hold of you. And when he does, you've got, you know, Godzilla clutching down on top of you that now you can't get away from him. Go back and watch Dustin Poirier at the end of the first round of his fight with Khabib. And you could see a guy that has fought everybody. You see a guy who has prepared for this fight with everything that he has, has watched tape on a, a guy and knows exactly what he wants to do, has done, you know, round after round with grapplers, you know, trying to take him down and getting on top and all of these positions that Khabib likes to do. And at the end of that first round, he was like, I can't get him off of me. Everything that worked for him in training every time, all of a sudden, it's not working. Mm -hmm. And that's when you go, shit, what do I do? Mm -hmm. And now things start falling off of, you know, the cart starts starts losing its wheels because you don't know. And when you don't know, you got problems in a fight. Yep. Khabib has never been in that position. You can watch all of his fights. Not once has he ever stopped being who he is. You know, yeah, he just goes after what he does. Yeah, the rule is this, and, and I think everyone, it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know what I mean? And so what's the point? Like, And Javier Mendez, his coach, uh, even with, and with conversations with Khabib's dad before he passed, was the conversation was always, we're just going to do what he does. We're not going to try and reinvent the wheel. There's no reason why, to. Why are you, you going to reinvent something that's not broken? Yeah, it's not, that's, what, that's what my point was. Is that there's, it's not even broken. It's running at high octane. You know, he's driving a fucking Ferrari when everyone else is driving Volkswagens. You know what I mean? And it's just the way it's the way he performs. His conditioning is impeccable. Like everyone's, oh, he got tired against Connor. He got tired. He blew his wad trying to knock him the fuck out on the ground. You know, and like, sure, he needed, he took the round off. He could have, and that round was still very, very close, by the way. I think he, I think he learned something in that fight, though. Yeah. Because he went into that fight just like everybody that fights Connor. He got under their skin. Mm -hmm. He got under Khabib's skin. He, he had Khabib. Yeah. Khabib is not. You don't. You, you know, don't say. You don't say. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I've never. I've. You know. One of the best parts of being a referee and refereeing someone like Khabib is the, you get an up close and personal personal account of all the things he says during a fight. <laughs> Even his corner doesn't get to hear all the things That's that true. he's saying. Yep. Okay. And he is nonstop, you know, and when he has somebody in a position, he'll sit there and, and normally, generally, usually his comments are, you need to tap. Mm -hmm. I do not want to hurt you anymore. Yeah. I'm going to hurt you. Tap, tap now so we can stop. Yeah. <laughs> then he starts hitting him more. With Connor, the words that were coming out, I know because I talked to her about his Talk now, motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's not his norm. No, so, it's not. You, know, it's you not. know that, you know, someone got under his skin and, and he was fighting in a way that, hey, it was smart of Connor to do it because you want to get someone out of their game. And that's why he does what he does. But, uh, you know, it affected Khabib, but I think Khabib learned something from it too. Yeah. No, I think he did. I think, I think he learned how to control. He's always been very able to like uh, to control his temper. He he had lost at one time in training uh, with this kid named Frank Munoz, real big, tall kickboxer, uh, and um, 
and Frank was trying to go really hard with him. Khabib had a fight like in two weeks, and Frank was just there to train and, and piss Khabib off. So Khabib picked him up and slammed him and just we had to pull him off of him after the round. <laughs> it was just like he just was putting it on him. Everyone's like trying to break him up. It's funny though, because the Russians, even though they were all extremely close, they were all kind of just standing there watching because Khabib was doing the work, you know, as he had lost, you know, but uh, it was, it was, I think had somebody else jumped in, they probably would have jumped in as well, but it was, they was like, Hey, Hey guys, guys, no, no, no fighting, no fighting. But I think, I think he's learned. I think he did learn a lot from that Connor fight. I'm I think he learned a lot. I'm learning how to keep his composure in situations like that. It's usually him. That is the one that is um, showing a little bit of mercy towards other people, but he just, the, the fact that he didn't, didn't do it for Connor. It just let you know that Connor got under his skin. Okay. And so I think he learned a lot, you know, from that scenario of like, hey, just don't let it get to that point ever again because you, that wasn't the best Khabib you guys have ever seen. That's the thing. Like, you, you, I, I can't say it enough. You haven't seen the best one yet. And that's, isn't that scary? That's scary to I've think. I've seen some pretty good ones. You know, they're, yeah, he's good. Don't get me wrong. He's good. He's really good. But there's so many more tools that he has in the box that he just hasn't had to use. You know, um, even if he was, let's just say Justin was able to take him down. He's good at getting up off of his back. He's really good. You know, not, not a whole lot of threat for submissions maybe, but he, he's very good at sweeping from there, the hook sweep from there, the coming underneath, you know, and going X guard back up to his feet. He's got good leg control. I mean, he does things that I'm like, you're never on your back. So we never knew really, we you know what, how good you are. There's a couple of times he'll start on his back, but he has his go-tos that he gets to and it works just as good as like if he was to do it on Rockhold or if he was to do it on me. It's the same shit. He does it. He gets back to his feet and it works. So, I mean, there's just so many things that people don't understand how good he is, not just in the wrestling with the double leg and the single leg and how he chains it all together and how he uses his, his like kind of like dipping his body and coming up with the lead left hook with the right hand. He doesn't, you don't know if he's going to throw the right hand. You don't know if he's going to throw the left hook because you're afraid of the takedown so much. He puts it all together so well. And I remember when I w went on to um, went on to Below the Belt with Brendan Schaub. And when I was talking with Brendan, he's like, oh, yeah, but he's after he fought Ali Quinta. And he was one of those guys that said. Listen to Joe too much. You know, and no, he just said, oh, his stand-up is horrible. If he comes to stand-up like that, he's going to get knocked out. And so I'm like, I'm like I, wouldn't, I don't think so, man. Like, he's. He's sparring with really good kickboxers, you know, good boxers and good guys like that are phenomenal. There's kids in the in the gym at AK that no one's ever even heard of this that are just phenomenal kickboxers, you know, and they just haven't been able to fight because they're visas and things like that. But they've come from, you know, one, two, we have twin brothers that come from Colombia and they're just phenomenal kickboxers, but they can't get visas so they can't fight. So they're just training every day, every day getting better. And Khabib spars with them. But it's like those guys, they're fucking top level kickboxers and just... He's outboxing them. He's he's grinding them into the fence and just boom, boom, hitting them with the body, making them making them go to their knees. Like it's just it's crazy to think the things that he can do. Look what he did with Barboza. I don't think Justin's going to be any different. And I, as much as I love watching Justin fight, I don't think Justin has any tools that Khabib has never seen before. And I don't think Justin has the ability to implement those tools on him because the what Khabib does so well, and that's wrestle. Well, on the other side of the equation, you got to take a look at Justin and say, he's also a much better fighter now than when he first came into the UFC. Yeah. Now, that, that's taking nothing away from what he did in World Series of Fighting 
and you know the championship that he had there. But when he came in and his first fight was against Michael Johnson, you know, you can take a look and go, and I personally at the time I did the fight and I was like, man, you can't fight like this and last long. And we had said that about him in the World Series of Fighting yeah. when he was having some of those fights because, you know, you can you can only crash the the car so many times before the car starts to become a junker and it doesn't doesn't run the same, you know, and it doesn't hold a straight line. And so the Dustin Poirier fight, Dustin Poirier fight, Justin Gaethje learned something in that fight and he's changed because you watch how he attacked. And this is the difference of, this is why I say Justin has, you know, obviously Justin has a, you know, a chance in this fight to sit there and say, Oh, he's got a chance. Bullshit. He He is a dangerous fighter and he is everything that you're looking at to say, okay, what kind of fighter is needed to beat Khabib? He's got, he's got good power in his hands. He can knock you out with one shot, but he's actually more of a volume guy, but it's his leg kicks that usually set things up for him. He starts to eat up that front leg on his opponent. He's got a very fast, low calf kick. It comes fast. It's hard for someone to react and get their leg out of the way for it. And now it's exactly like we're talking about in with some of the other guys we talked about on the show. He's patient. He's letting the fight come to him. And that's when, you know, when you go back and watch the Tony Ferguson fight, you know, Tony brings a pressure. Justin brings a pressure, Mm -hmm. but Justin allowed Tony to actually come towards him more than he normally allows other fighters, you know, when he's fighting to do. And, that showed intelligence because he countered him well. Every time that Tony overextended, you saw Justin blasting Tony and just doing things with a purpose of, I don't, I'm not worried about putting you out with the shot. I just want to touch you with it. Yeah. And then you saw him every now and then really load up on shots. And especially towards the end, he was really, you know, dropping the hammer on him, you know, because at that point he couldn't be hurt. And that just shows how smart Justin has become. In what he's doing, the real question is, is he going to be able to stop the takedown? You know, and, and the difference for me is, you know, everyone gets back to this whole thing about, oh, he was a Division II wrestler, All-American, or this guy was a Division I NC2A champion. You know, MMA is not wrestling. Yeah. And you don't, you, don't, you don't position your body the same way. You don't do things like you're wrestling. And when you are trying to be offensive in MMA and land punches, you are going to put your body in positions that it would never be for takedowns in wrestling. And so your ability to fight off that takedown against someone that's really good with it is now limited. So Justin has to be economical with that output. He has to be economical with when he throws those shots. And you take a look and you say, okay, balance it out wise. I look at one guy, yeah, he can definitely win the fight. Justin Gaethje, he's got power, he's gritty, he's tough, he's got good conditioning, he's got everything you want. But he's fighting a guy that's never been beat. Mm -hmm. Justin's been beat. Khabib has never been beat. And no matter what, this is one of the things I wanted to really bring up for people is when when you're 28-0, you're the champion. I I want everyone to figure out, you know, not every night is your night. Mm. there's nights when you get into that cage and you feel great. Everything is working for you. 
you you don't even you don't even breathe hard, man. You're just everything's flowing, everything's good. And then there's nights, man. You you want to be anywhere else. Yeah. You don't feel good. You feel like you're just walking out. Your legs are heavy. You you feel slow. You feel sluggish. You know you throw punches and it's just not there. But when you're 28, no, you've overcome all of those mm-hmm. things. You have had those nights and still come out on top. That was the thing like with Anderson Silva that was so impressive. That's the thing with like a George St. Pierre that is so impressive. They had nights, man. You know what? It wasn't their night and they still came out on top. And so has Khabib. So it's hard to count against someone that's in that echelon of the sport. That was a very inspirational talk right there because podcast Dave was actually shaking his head at a couple of times. I looked over and he was agreeing with you. He's like, he's like, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah good just job. the truth john john good job buddy no um <laughs> i'm gonna play devil's advocate though that's kind of uh i know everyone knows that i've trained with Khabib, that we're friends and all the other things. i'm gonna play devil's advocate there's things that there's like you had just talked about there's ways for justin to win it's not just his sure. hands it's the leg kicking as well the calf kick the leg kicks um being able to stuff one or two takedowns will go a long way throughout the fight if you can make Khabib work really hard for those takedowns and force him to stand a, a one or two more times then the chances and opportunities open up for you to land one or two more leg kicks or one or two more punches that potentially could end the fight. Khabib has been known not to check kicks. But the one thing is, though, when Justin kicks, if you guys go back and watch from the PFL, the World Series of Fighting or whatever it is, he leans a lot to one side when he kicks to avoid getting hit. That right there makes it a little bit easier for you to be taken down when you do that. When you love, when your body leans all that way, you're putting more power behind the kick, of course, but you're also off balance. Your body is leaning over your leg that is your supporting leg. So even if Khabib was to catch the leg slightly, it potentially could put him down. And Khabib's good at following up and getting to you, control the hips, and all he's got to do is lock his hands around you, and you're going for a ride. Okay, if he can get his hands locked around your hips, you're going down. So there's, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there's that. And then there's, there's just like all, all the things that Justin needs to do is he just needs to stay composed when he's on the bottom. He needs to make sure that he's not trying to like settle in on the bottom. He needs to make sure that he's trying to work for something, whether it's a hook sweep, whether it's feet on the hips to kick him back and get up or even making his way over to the cage to try and get his back against the fence and start trying to stand up that way. Um, the problem is, is you're going to always run into something where Khabib, that's his world. He doesn't change any of it. And he's, you're living in his world. So all the things that you think you know about the sport, it changes a little bit in the way he positions himself. And there's not one person that's been able to figure out that riddle. So it's hard to go back and look at tape in the past and be like, hey, that worked and that worked. But like I said, there's so many things in the toolbox that you have not seen yet that he hasn't even had to pull out yet. So when you get to there, it, Justin's going to have to fight a very, very smart fight. I think the leg kicks are going to be key, though. That will make it. That will determine, I think, how well or how long this fight goes. Because if Khabib doesn't start checking from the beginning, or Khabib doesn't keep that leg out of range, it could be it could be a, a tough night for him. You know, is in terms of like there could be a lot of damage to that leg in the process. I think Khabib's going to be stay inside that boxing range and in the wrestling range. He's going to be all the way out to avoid the kicks, or he's going to be all the way in in that dirty boxing slash body lock or fence press or whatever it is to drop down on the double. I don't know how I don't know how much you'll see him shoot from distance because of the leg kicks. 
So I think you're going to see him more in that in that range in that in the pocket range of trying to get into the clinch and the body lock because I know from that position, no fence involved. He's got some nice little foot sweeps, some nice little hip tosses, some nice little ways he sets up the single leg into the lift. You know, he he does a, a lot of tricky little things that are in there, and so um, Justin's got his work cut out for him. But I think if there's going to be an avenue for him to win, he's got to get started early and often with the leg kicks. And he's got to get. He's got to make sure that he's picking and choosing his shots. He's not just trying to knock him out with every punch because that's not the Khabib style of deep staying in one spot too long. He's either wrestling or he's all the way out. So he, Justin's got his work cut out for him. But I mean, I want everyone to understand he does have an opportunity to win this fight. Do I think he's going to do it? Absolutely not. But I think I'm, and I'm not well, trying to knock you, him. And you are playing devil's advocate. That is, I'm playing sure devil's advocate. But at the very, <laughs> I am. I am playing devil's advocate. At the very end, I'm going to tell you I don't think he's going to win. But I do think that there is there is a way to success without just saying, without just giving the common line of he's got a puncher's chance. No, he's got other avenues of doing it. Oh, yeah. He's got other avenues of doing it as well. I just I think it's, that it's, that low calf kick he yeah. throws vital, and if, and many times someone doesn't do that when they know someone is trying to take them down. Yeah. And if he doesn't throw that, I think it's going to be a huge uh, mistake yeah. in his game planning. I, I think agree. he's got to throw it. It makes him successful. Stick with it. Yep. The, the, the problem is, though, is that when you throw it, there's the, a bigger chance Absolutely. of getting taken down. And now on yep. top of it, he can't he can't throw it raw dog. He's got to set it up. Punch, punch, kick, or kick, and then come back with punch, punch. The other thing, too, is you can't just kick and leave it out there. you got to kick and bring it back right away. And like I had said as before. As fast he, as it comes out, it's got to come back. But if you look at his past fights, he throws it out there, and he stays out there sometimes. Just other guys were not as good a wrestlers to be able to take him down off of it. I'm just saying that that's they're going to be expecting that leg kick. So he should be expected to be trying to get timed on that takedown. So there's a, there's a, it's, this, this is a really unique fight in, in terms of cat and mouse. One wants to keep it standing with good kicks and good punches. Like a lot of the people that want to fight Khabib or they end up fighting Khabib. That's what they want. But with Justin, I think he's got, he's got a better understanding of how to do it. Plus he's got the power to do it. I, I, I lean towards Connor too. He had the same thing and Connor did a lot better than I thought, but when, I just think that that we saw a Connor that hadn't fought for a while. I still thought he looked good. I still thought that he did some good things. He's the only fighter to win a round against Khabib. But Justin's on a roll. Like Justin beating beating Tony is an, an all time adrenaline like a confidence builder. Saying like this guy's not being been had not been beaten for what 15, 14 fights, twelve fights, twelve fights, twelve, fights. 12 yeah. thirteen fights or something like that in a row. To beat him and be like, okay, look, I'm just solidified. Took the fucking stake in the ground and said, hey. I'm the number one com contender. And well, the best thing, confidence. the best thing, best thing I saw when he beat Tony yep. and they put the belt around him and, and no disrespect as far as the belt itself, but he throws it off. Yeah. And, you know, Joe Rogan asks, you know, why'd you just throw that? He says, I'll put it on when it's the real one. And yeah. I love that about him. Yeah. Love that about him. It's like, absolutely, man. There's a guy out there that really holds that belt. Yeah. And yes, this is the interim one and that's fine, but. That's not the real one. The real one is around that guy's waist, and that's what I'm going. For. I still I would have taken it. Place. I still would have taken it home with me. He took it home. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, let's talk real quick about uh, Lopez and Lemachenko. Oh, did you see it? I missed the first three rounds, and I caught the the later end of it. But yeah, Here, I'll, I'll give you the first three rounds were won by Lopez. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I had heard. I had heard the the first six rounds, first six, I, seven rounds. Someone, someone t- I was talking to, they thought uh, that Lomachenko possibly won the second. I, I didn't have it that way. Okay. I actually had it half and half all the way up to the 12th round. Yeah. All I, the way up, man. I didn't see I didn't see the first uh three rounds, but I had I had Lopez winning the next three. And then I even I think I even gave uh Lopez the seventh, the seventh round, and then I gave I gave Loma the next uh up until up until the twelfth round. Five. And yeah. yeah, the next five. I thought the cards were a little off, but either way I I had Lopez. Yeah, I thought winning. they were they, they were all they over were, the but, place. But again, you know, you look and it's tough with the angles that you're seeing because you know where they put the judges and everything. It's it's um, it's understandable at times, but I thought it was about one fifteen, one thirteen. That close, that huh? That it. close. Yeah, okay. I had it one fifteen, one thirteen. I thought Lomachenko came on. You know, he did. I was really surprised that he was not fighting his normal fight at the beginning of that fight. Hmm. He was not. He was not using his footwork the same way. It was almost like he was daring Lopez, who's got really good power, daring him. Yeah. To like, go ahead. Hit me and I'll show you. You can't knock me out. I'm going to show you. I can take your punch. Yeah. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. That's not. That's not the guy that I watch. You know. And then in the latter part of the fight, he was Lomachenko. He was in and out and elusive and moving in the lateral footwork. And you go, yeah, that's what I'm talking. And it was, it was giving Lopez some problems. And Lopez is still fighting well, but he was taking a lot more shots. Well, maybe yeah. maybe he had a different game plan for the beginning portion, almost like that Muhammad Ali. Let's see if he gets a little yeah. more tired as the fight goes on by throwing heavy shots, trying to get me out of there, and then I'll just start piecing him up and just run away with it. But Lopez Could was be, in yeah. good shape. But he started getting Lopez started getting tired in the yes, eighth, he did. Nine, eight, nine, ten round somewhere yeah. in there. That's why. Eight, that's nine, why ten, I gave that twelfth round. I was really surprised because there was no doubt in my mind that Lomachenko was going to win the twelfth after watching the tenth, eleventh. Yeah, the tenth and eleventh for sure. And I was like. Yeah, Lomachenko is going to win this. And Lopez, man, he he showed balls, man. He came out and he was freaking fighting and had energy and very impressive. But here's, impressive win. But here's here's the thing, though, and I I can speak from experience in this situation is when when you know it's the last round, there's that little bit of excitement of like okay, <laughs> so I, I I understand when Lopez came out and he dominated, and I thought he had a dominant twelfth uh, round. I thought. I was like, okay, he just realized that he's one round away from winning these titles. And he's like, he got a little pucker in his ass and he was like, okay, I'm going to fucking I'm going to I'm going to go out there and show what I got. The rest of, I don't I don't have to worry about the one more round. I don't have to worry well, about get show me up. exactly what we talk about. Don't leave any gas in the tank. No. If you whatever you have there, man, suck it dry. Yeah. And that's what he went out there and was doing. It's like, I'm not going to leave anything. And, and that's not, why he won the round. He had enough fucking energy to do a running front back. He was running forward and doing a running front back. It was pretty impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I would have landed on my neck and killed myself. <laughs> but uh, overall, though, I thought it was a phenomenal fight from, from the rounds that fight. I saw. I thought it was a really good fight. I, do you think automatic rematch? Ah, uh, you could. You know, how many guys have, you know, had problems with Lomachenko? And that he's made look bad, and so yeah. you, you, if I'm if I'm Lopez, I don't know if I want that automatic rematch right away. I would imagine I'd it's like somewhere to, in his contract, though. I'm sure it is. He can do I'm it. Sure it is. I don't think I would want it though if I was Loma either. I'd probably go get an easy fight, you know, get a win, make some money, come back, go back, yeah. go back down and wait. What do you think? Yeah, he he looks so much smaller than Lopez. It is. Yeah, smaller. I know, I know he is. But I mean, it looked like it was very noticeably different in the fight. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, man. And, he, and Lopez, you could tell, was obviously the bigger puncher because every time he got hit, Loma got hit, it threw him off a little bit, like it knocked his balance off a little bit. So I think that was a little bit of the issue, probably maybe in the earlier rounds. Every time he got hit, every time he went to use his footwork, he was like, okay, I'm off balance. So I didn't see the first three rounds, but if it was anything like the fourth, fifth, and sixth, I can see what why you were talking about that, is that he just didn't seem like every time he went to make a move, he, even if he got hit with a jab, it like threw him backwards a little bit, moved yeah. him off balance, you know, and uh, stopped his mo his movement and his momentum going forward. It just it's hard it's hard to fight guys that are like that, you know. Fun to watch, you know, just super talented, yeah. both of them, different ways that they go about doing things, but fun fun boxing uh, match. Yeah, that's why he's that's why people love watching him fight. He's always entertaining, cutting yep. angles, turning corners, hitting you with six seven punch combinations. Then cutting a corner and tapping his way out. I mean, like those are, <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Like, it's like sometimes it really, it's embarrassing. Yeah, for the opponent. Yeah, sometimes it's embarrassing. Yeah, for the opponent. Yeah. All right, my man. Well, hey, let's wrap this up. And uh, once one last time, mybookie.com. Go there, use the sign up, the promo code Wayne in you guys, and they'll double your deposit. So it'll be other all the way up to a thousand dollars. And uh, that's something from us to you. You can also bet on John and I. We're gonna do a midweek show as well. Uh, this week, and we will talk about the betting lines coming up for Justin Gaethje and Khabib, as well as uh, the future. I don't know if they'll have the future fight yet for uh, Lima and Musasi. Maybe one more week. They usually do it Maybe just a week of. So we'll we'll yeah. do the breakdown. We'll do the up close. I'm going to talk a little bit. I have a, a thing to talk to Khabib on Tuesday. I'm going to we'll text back and forth or voicemail, whatever we do. A voice DMs back and forth. Talk about how he's feeling. Talk about things there. So, and uh, I'll try and give you guys a little inside information on that. And uh, yeah, so I, yeah, I talked to Khabib the other day, right? And talked to Connor the other day. Remember that? Brother. <laughs> brother, <laughs> brother. So brother. Um, yeah, so go to go to mybookie.com. Use the promo code weighing in. They'll double your first uh, deposit and all the way up to $1,000. So if you put in $1,000, they'll give you another $1,000. So you have $2,000 to bet on. And uh, they do all the other sports as well. Check out all the betting lines. They also do uh, Bellator and UFC. They do all the other MMA promotions as Boxing. well boxing as well so check them out and we want to thank you guys for tuning in listen to us on uh, all of our audio platforms we're on every audio platform you can think of so go ahead and hit the subscribe button there as well youtube as well thumbs up that shares our videos and uh, get our videos out there so please share our videos you know send them to your friends have them repost we appreciate you guys and thank you for all the help see ya there it is we were waiting for that <laughs> <laughs>